So as we gather in worship every Sunday morning and other times in our different connection groups and Sunday school classes and elective studies, um, we realize that, that growing is important. But as I read this passage this morning that I've selected, I recognize that you know the power of the good news of the gospel is absolutely amazing. We're going to be looking in this morning in Matthew 13 and looking at the, the parable of the sower and the seeds. And I recognize um, on a perimeter of my property, there's a lot of trees and there's even a few oak trees. And the, the oak trees drop an acorn. And you know, and that acorn, when it drops, you know, I could take my foot and easily smash an acorn. Um, they're not that sturdy. Squirrels enjoy eating them and collecting them. But if that acorn is allowed to grow, it creates something very powerful. And to do so, it has to um, die to itself so that it can experience a birth of something incredibly and powerful. And I think as Jesus used um, examples of seeds many times and in different ways of comparing the good news of what the gospel is, is that the weakness of ourselves is greatly um, demonstrating the power of the gospel of God and the good news because of the power of the word and the power of God's word to totally transform through the power of being submissive and obedient and we can see the kingdom grow. I'd like to read starting with 13 verse, with verse 1 this morning in, in Matthew 13. That same day Jesus went out of the house and he sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it. And while all the people stood on the shore, and he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop. A hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. The disciples came to him and asked, Why do you speak to the people in parables? He replied, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and they who have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what they have will be taken from them. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though through hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy in Isaiah, as he's quoting here from what we would call Isaiah 6. You will ever be hearing, but never understanding. You will ever be seeing, but never perceiving. For the people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears. Understand with their hearts and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are the eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. For truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Listen to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, 
the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word at once, receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution, persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on the good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop, yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. As we look into this the series of, of parables, and particularly this one of the parable of the soils, we can understand a glimpse that the seed does have amazing power. You know, I think part of the understanding of the power of the good news of the gospel and the kingdom of God, it reminds us that there's different levels in life and, and within of creation about understanding and expectation. So, for example, plant life, you know, plant life is alive, it's alive, but a plant, you know, does sense things. It can sense the sun and, and grow toward the sun, and the, the roots grow toward moisture and nutri nutrients in the ground. But that's a very um, low level of, of living compared to, say, an animal. So like animals, they can see and they can hear and they can respond to those things, and so their understanding of life is, is much, much higher than that of a plant. And then when we look at humanity, we look at human beings as we think and as we understand ourselves and our own identity is much higher than the order of the animals. But in the same way, there's this opportunity for us to have an a, a understanding of truth, an understanding of the incredible grace that and love that God makes available to us through the kingdom of God. And then when we not only grasp that and see that, but we embrace it and then run toward that, that gives also then within humanity another level of experience and understanding the world and how it works and understanding the power of God, the power of the seed that is available to us. And as we understand that, Hopefully we are drawn, just drawn to an understanding and wanting to grow that understanding of, of who God is within us. You see, I think that as we truly understand the, the power of the cross and we understand the power of the resurrection and we understand that throughout eternity we have these understandings of you know, heaven and hell and understanding of the way life is and the way that there is an evil one satan who is fighting against that we gain an understanding that as we live life we have opportunity we have opportunity to go toward and run toward the kingdom of god or we can run our own path which ultimately leads to destruction and death as we embrace the sin in our lives rather than the holiness of god and so this morning as we look at this this parable which i'm sure we've heard many times before in an understanding of, of the power of God and as Jesus is referring to these seeds, I, I think for us an understanding also that for us to really grasp the power of the seed, 
that we have to gain an understanding of the world and the seed and become a disciple of God. That is learning disciplines to be who God calls us to be. And as we understand that, we understand that we, I think we're responsible for the soil. So God provides the seed, but I think we're responsible for providing a, an environment of, of nurturing, of, of fertility for that seed to land upon, to grow in our lives. And we create this soil, and I think the understanding of depth is very important. You know, if a seed lands in soil, as it is mentioned, that has no depth, it's not going to work. And so in our own lives, how we live our lives every day is, is demonstrating how we are preparing our soil. So I think having an understanding of the kingdom is, and, and a good understanding of the kingdom, that there's, there's work to that. There's work to discipleship of, of growing and learning because one can see and come to a point and just see the work of God and, and be in awe of God. But there's a difference between seeing God and seeing God work and then committing ourselves to that work. And I, I worry that at times that it is so often easy, too easy, to think that because we see God working that we're actually producing and creating a soil in our life so that can grow as we pursue that work. Do you get what I'm saying? Like sometimes we can have this very shallow understanding of what it means to be a follower of Christ. And I think this parable is challenging not only to the, the Pharisees and the others who are leading, but also those who are pursuing Jesus in a relationship with him. And so for us, I, I, one of the things I think about when I think about Christian denominations, and, and sometimes we have stereotypes, you know, of, of what Methodists are like, or, or what Baptists are like, or what Catholics are like. And, and I'll, I'll say, so like, right or wrong, I have the stereotype that, um, say, someone who's Catholic, a, a fault of that is like, oh, those, those Catholics, they can, they can do anything they want, but then whenever they um, do something wrong, they can go to confession, and then they confess, and then go do it again the next week. I don't think that's right, but that's a stereotype, I think, that's out there. But in the same way, I'm talking to some of my friends, like, what are stereotypes of, of Baptists? And they're like, well, it's very similar to that. Only you, you come to a point and you make a, a decision to get baptized. And then after you get baptized, you do the same thing. So you think you can live however you want. But if you've been baptized, then you're, you're covered for life. And so you can just live however you want. And I disagree with that one as well. But I understand that if we're looking at things on a very shallow level, how people can think that. And so I think for all of us to really understand in a deep level that we are called to a level of, of discipleship, of growing and learning, so that our, our soil can be rich for the seed to grow and be nurtured. Because the truth of the matter is troubles will come. Troubles are guaranteed to come in life in all shapes and sizes. And that the seed that the word is planting in our lives will need the richness of soil to be able to, to deal with those troubles that come and that come to us. And I think it's, um, 
for us, it's important for us to recognize there's a difference between religion and faith. I think if, if especially, and I'm defining re religion by the things that we do. So, for example, we can confuse then the things that we do for an actual growing and nurturing faith that we may have in our lives. So things that we do, you know, coming to church on every Sunday morning and, and tithing and, and singing and praising um, God through song and listening to his word and listening to a sermon. Sometimes we can confuse the religion of that as something that saves us. But in reality, that which saving us is the word and that our faith causes us to embrace that in such a way that our faith then draws us to do things that are religious because we, we love it and we're drawn to that and we want to do that. But especially the sense of discipleship is, are we loving to dig into God's word so that we can learn how to make our soil rich? Are we, do we have a rich prayer life as we are praying for those around us and for the kingdom of God? Um, the gospel has power. And so I want to ask you this morning, have you felt that power in your life? And how much, I think when we're, we're living and trying to understand faith versus religion, I think we can really understand if we're, we're getting an understanding of that, if we're wrestling with our faith every day. Like, do we wrestle with things as we come up, as we, we live life and we make choices and then sometimes we make choices that are contrary to the kingdom of God. And, and then do we feel something in our spirit as the Holy Spirit speaks to us and calls us out on it? And then do we wrestle with that? You know, that's something of faith. That's not religion. That's something of faith. And I feel like if we're really open and growing in the word of God, that, that life is a continual communication with God about God, help me to be who you want me to be. Show me, convict me when, I, when I'm messing up, when I'm missing the mark, when I'm sinning in my life, and then working on that and then wrestling with that and then submitting to the direction that God is leading us to go. You see, I think the power of God is really demonstrated by the depth of our soil. And if we are continuing to work, to read, to think, reflect, struggle, pray, listen, hear that truly the gospel and the good news of God can become manifest. You see, God uses so many examples and ways of demonstrating his word and who he is. You know, he, he could have used an example of the gospel is a hammer. You know, it comes and it convicts us of sin. But fortunately, for us, God came to bring us the good news, and he used the example of the seed. The simple seed, as small as it is, as weak as it is, when it's placed in soil of depth, then the seed can come into our lives and transform who we are. The power of the gospel can come in and, and as we create that environment, that we create environment by how we live our lives, 
the seed can grow into something mighty and powerful, which is the good news of God. And as we do this well, we decrease and the gospel increases. The word becomes manifest through our actions and, and who we are becomes less but who God created us to be. The word says that many of the first will be last and last shall be first. As we look in understanding that as we humbly submit to who God calls us to be, it brings new life and new understanding with who God is calling us to be. And so I want to just challenge us. Are we living a life that's growing and creating and nurturing soil? I noticed this weekend my neighbor, um, my neighbor Rick, he has a, a tractor and he has a tiller on the back and the ground was just right uh, enough yesterday that he tilled his, his garden. And as he tilled his, his space, he turned up the weeds that were starting to grow and the grasses and the others. And he's, he's created this, this deep soil that when he plants, that his garden will nurture. And I hope he shares some of his corn too with me like he does in the fall. But he's very attentive and he will till it several times um, trying to create this, this soil that is ready to receive the seeds. So for us this morning, what's your soil like? Is your soil something that is just this sitting there and, and waiting and it's, it's, it's shallow? Are you... Are you killing it now? Are you doing things to prepare the seeds of the good news as they come, as the word comes into our lives? Are you making that a place where it can grow? Are you wrestling on a daily basis with who God is calling you to be? I know in my own life as I, as I listen to God and, and as I, I hear his word, sometimes things I welcome because I'm excited about, oh, that's that's great, God. I, I, I want to do that. And other things, as the Spirit comes to me, I'm, I get kind of hard of hearing, and I don't hear it that well. Sometimes as Lisa and I are talking, sometimes we um, recognize that sometimes maybe we tune each other out a little bit. Um, we hear s stories over and, and over, and maybe we, we miss something, and then I, Lisa challenged me, and it's true. So she may be sharing something, and I've heard this before, and then she'll share something that's brand new, and then she'll share something that's older, and because maybe I'm, I'm tuning that out a little bit, I miss that little nugget of newness. And she's like, are you not listening to me? And I'm like, I'm trying. I'm sorry. But I recognize we can do that with God. Sometimes we can think that we, you know, we've been a Christian a long time and, and we know what it takes and we, we begin to think our religion, the things that we do, is our faith. That the activities that we do are things that maintain our faith. And in reality, those actually can become deceiving that we can start thinking because of the things that we do as acts of worship if our heart's not there anymore. And then it's giving us a false sense of obedience, a false sense of, of faith because of those activities that we regularly be a part of. So my challenge for us who've, who've heard this parable many times is to really be honest with self 
and honest with God about is my soil being fertilized, is it being dug deep by me so that when the truth of the gospel comes, that growth can happen. So my, my question for us this morning is how am I spending time with Jesus? Do we count only the Sunday morning experience? That's when I spend my time with Jesus every week. Or is your time with Jesus something that happens every day? With every person you encounter, with every conflict that you have, with every opportunity to share the good news, with every opportunity to be challenged by the Holy Spirit because we're missing the mark. So how are we spending time with Jesus? And what kind of soil are we creating? And are we fooling ourselves and thinking that we've got depths of soil when really it's, it's pretty shallow? So let's be honest with God this morning between us and God and think about what our soil's like. Sarah, thank you for playing this morning. As um, she's going to play just a moment, but just be really listening to the Holy Spirit in your own life. And be ready to respond with what God wants you to do, with what God wants me to do, to make our soil fertile so that through us, God's power can be manifest in our weakness and our humility. Lord, as we look to you as our only source of strength and hope, God, help us to understand the soil that we're creating. God, don't let us just week after week allow our soil to be compacted to be very shallow god help us through our love of you and our our pursuit of you um, have depth of soil because of of joy of your word god if we do not have the joy of preparing our soil teach us how to have that teach us how to create soil with joy and with enthusiasm Thank you, Jesus. In your precious name we pray. Amen.